Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I'll tell you, Pat, this stuff is looking good and smelling good and tasting good. We got to dig in and start eating now. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday that, yes, we are recording on Thanksgiving morning. As you can probably tell, I'm not home in Pennsylvania. I am in a hotel room in Lincoln, Nebraska. Very fired up to be in this state for the first time in my life and to call Iowa at Nebraska Tomorrow, noon Eastern time on CBS. Should be a good one. Old school, big boy football should be fun. Speaking of old school, we got Greg Cosell every Thursday, which is amazing. A lot of games to get into with Greg, including the three Thanksgiving Day games today. Uh, Let me just be, before I forget, say happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Really appreciate you having us and me uh, a part of your life pretty much on a daily basis, that is beyond humbling. It really, really is very, very humbling. And so I hope you guys have a great day with your families. I'll have a spread the word winner, a sponsor confirmation email winner, and a YouTube shout-out winner tomorrow. Didn't pick those yet. So go ahead and and try to spread the word via social media in a unique way, maybe at Thanksgiving today or take advantage of any of our sponsors or make a comment on YouTube after you subscribe. Our patron of the day, which I love racking up the patrons, getting more people on our private Tuckhead Slack channel, is Matt Cooper, patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg. And by the way, Greg really is in his office today. Just so <laughs> you know, Greg is really is working on Thanksgiving. Like, I don't know. Let me show my phone so everybody knows. Thursday, November 23rd. Now it's 7.04 here in uh, in Nebraska. It's 8.04. That was Greg's only request. Ross, I usually get up at 5 and I get in the office for Thanksgiving. Can we do it <laughs> a little bit later? So we usually record at 
Instead, today we're recording at 8 a.m. Eastern. Is that what you do, Greg? That, that's that's your one. Um, the one thing you do is on Thanksgiving Day, you sleep in 45 minutes more. Well, uh, yeah, I wasn't in this morning, Ross, at 5.15. I think I got in at 6.15 today. So that was that was a big deal for me. And I felt like I missed out, you know. I felt like, oh, man, I'm not going to quite get as much done as I want to. <laughs> well, let's talk about these games today because I, I love the Thanksgiving Day games. It was uh, very, very special. And I talk about this often to start on Thanksgiving for the Cowboys 21 years ago. How about the Packers at the Lions, Greg? Packers at the Lions, the first game. What will you be looking for? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about the Lions a lot. They're obviously a good team. Um, I think they've been struggling a little bit lately on the back end at, at the corner position with Sutton and Jacobs. And I'm real curious because I think that Jordan Love has he's been up and down, which I expected. It's his first year as a starting quarterback. But I think Jordan Love has really good traits. You know, he's not top tier. He's probably just a notch below when you look at just the physical traits. Uh, now you have to see the mental growth and development over time. But I'm, I'm real anxious to see uh, that part of the matchup. Uh, because the Packers' run game is not likely to be a big factor with all the injuries. I think they'll have to throw the football. Um, and, and Love's had numerous games this year with, with over 35 attempts. So I look for the matchup of those young receivers and Love in the pass game versus the Lions, uh, particularly on the outside with, with Sutton and Jacobs, who I thought started off the year and played well, uh, but I think it, it hasn't been quite as strong based on tape the last number of weeks. Yeah, I guess the only thing I would add to that, Greg, is um, I think if you're a Packers fan, you got to be pretty encouraged, I guess, or think it's cool at least that you know Jalen Reed's making plays and Dontavian yeah. Wicks is making plays and Musgrave and Tucker Craft. I mean, they they drafted a bunch of these rookies. It's weird, Greg. I'm a little surprised. It feels like Wicks and Reed. Maybe I maybe I just see the highlights have, are making more plays than than Dobbs and Watson. Well, yeah, I mean, I look, the bottom line is is they play with two second-year receivers, which is Dobbs and Watson, and three rookies, which is Wicks, Reed, and Malik Heath, who I believe was a free agent. Um, so, you know, when you factor that into the equation, that it's also Love's first season as a starter, and an offensive line at the tackle position, which is not what they wanted when the season started, they got the Penn State kid Rasheed Walker at left tackle, they got Zach Tom Wake Forest at right tackle. That's not how they thought the season would, would go, clearly. So I think, you know, it's been pretty positive overall. And, uh, you know, I think that there's there's much to potentially look forward to with this offense. Interesting. All right, what about the next game? It's the, the Commanders at the Cowboys. Yeah, you know, the Cowboys' defense, I think, will be a big, big factor in this game. This is a really good defense. It's a fast defense. It's very multiple with their front looks. They've got a lot of defensive linemen who can play multiple positions, so they give you a lot of front looks. The commander's O-line is probably average at best uh, relative to the NFL. We know that there's been a ton of sacks of Sam Howell, um, some on him, but the majority not. And I just think that that's an area in this game that's going to be difficult for the commanders to overcome. Now, Howell has hung in there all season long. And in some ways, the games in which he's under major duress are the games in which 
you're you're even more impressed with him because he stays there. He doesn't get shell shocked. It's easy, as you know, Ross, for young quarterbacks to start to anticipate pressure, perceive pressure, start to play fast, drop their eyes, lose their fundamental technique. Howell has not really done that this year. He stayed strong throughout the season, which speaks to his mental toughness and his physical toughness. But this just might not be a matchup that they can overcome. Anything when the Cowboys have the ball? Um, I mean, I think their offense has been relatively consistent. Dax had a strong year. You know, the one thing that uh, with the new coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, is the coordinator. um, And obviously, Mike McCarthy is very involved in the offense. And and it's led to uh, an uptick in production is they they move C.D. Lamb around a lot more than than the previous, uh, than Kellen Moore did previously, where C.D. Lamb predominantly played in the slot. This year, he's played outside far more. So the, the... the mix has been somewhat equal, uh, whereas in the past it was much more CD in the slot. And Lamb has has shown to be very good at times when he's lined up outside. Let's talk tonight's game, Greg. It's probably yeah. the, the biggest one from a playoff implication standpoint as the Seattle Seahawks host the 49ers. And I guess my question would be, Greg, like, at what point do we just say Brock Purdy's just good? And, and really good. Like, when, when, when are people going to forget about the draft status, forget about, you know, that he plays for Kyle Shannon, and just say, the, the kid's good? I, I mean, I'm at that point as far as tape study, Ross. I don't, I don't really see the problem. Um, look, here's the bottom line. You know, we live in a world now where everybody wants quarterbacks, and this is supposed to be the new world order. And, you know, people think that if you talk about a quarterback being efficient from the pocket, you're somehow old school and you're not in touch with the new NFL because people see quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, who clearly is the best quarterback in the league, Josh Allen. You know, quarterbacks make plays outside of structure, and they think that's the way you play quarterback. And, by the way, that's a good thing if you can do it. Um but the bottom line for a quarterback, as you know, is to execute the offense at the highest level possible, snap after snap after snap, because that's the way it's taught. Um, even Andy Reid, who's one of the best coaches and will be a first ballot Hall of Fame coach, deservedly so, he doesn't say to Patrick Mahomes, hey, Patrick, when you take the snap, just run around and see what happens. You know, that, that's not the way it works. So what Brock Purdy does on a snap after snap basis at a very high level is execute the offense that he's asked to execute. If people want to say that makes him a system quarterback, that's fine, Ross. Everybody's a system quarterback because everybody is running the system that they're taught by the coach. So Brock Purdy just executes it at a high level. And by the way, he makes throws. You know, it's interesting. When you see a great throw with timing, anticipation, precise ball placement from the pocket, people don't realize how hard that is. They relative to, let's say, a guy running around and making plays. I could show you Brock Purdy plays where he's made unbelievable throws with what I just said, those traits, and you'd go, wow, was he throwing it to that guy? And, and you know, that's high-level quarterbacking. So I, I'm, I don't think there's any further discussion about what Brock Purdy is. You know, Greg, it kind of reminds me of, like, the Tom Brady conversation. And I'm not saying Brock Purdy's Tom Brady. What I'm saying is... People were never wowed with Brady 
because it wasn't like the arm strength or the movement. No. It, it almost looked at times, Greg, like what Brady was doing was easy. He would just drop back, get rid of the ball quickly to an open receiver, and complete it. And it was like, well, that's the system. That's the system because, look, look how easy that is. I, I could almost do that. You know, it's almost like the <clears throat> some of these guys, if they're really running the system and executing at a high level, it does look easy. Correct. And it's and not that's easy. the beauty and of it. It's funny you say that, and then we'll move on. I had that conversation with Steve Young going back almost 30 years when he was playing for the 49ers. And, and you know, that offense always made it seem like, wow, the quarterback just dropped back his back foot and threw to an open receiver. <laughs> you know, and he said, man, this is really hard. And he said, when people tell me it looks easy, that's the highest compliment you can possibly be paid. Highest compliment I can get, Greg, is when someone gives me a six-pack or a case of Labatt Blue Light. My buddy Dom sent me a picture. He got a 30-pack of Labatt Blue Light ready for the Bills-Eagles game on Sunday. Drink some today for Thanksgiving. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer. Labatt USA. Buffalo, New York. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. How about the Black Friday game, Greg? It's Miami Dolphins against the New York Jets. I, I, I guess my questions are this. Is there any hope for Zach Wilson, or do we just kind of throw in the towel on him? And then what, if anything, do you know or can you tell us about Tim Boyle? Not much, and I'm just being honest, so yeah. we'll leave that alone. Um, you know, I, I didn't do him coming out of college. He did not have a big college career playing at two colleges, so I don't really know much about him. Um, okay. You know, is there hope for Zach Wilson? That's a hard question to answer. I'm sure if you asked me seven years ago if there was hope for Geno Smith, many people probably would have said, no, there's not. So, you know, I hate to just shut the door. It's obviously not going to happen with the Jets. So the question is, if he gets moved somewhere, which is going to happen eventually, you know, new coach, everything new, can can it work? My inclination would be no, but I, I hate saying no as a definitive answer. Um, but anyway, um, looking at at, uh, at at this matchup, you know, I, I, I'm struggling what to make of the Dolphins. You, you know, when when Tua can drop back, hit his back foot, and make that first window throw, and there are games that that can happen consistently depending on the opponent. Boy, does he look good, and does that af- does that offense look unstoppable in the pass game? When that doesn't happen, it it, it really does get bogged down. And um, again, it's it's not the fact that he's not necessarily a playmaker quarterback that that can't run around. That's not his game. But then it comes down to, you know, what happens next? 
You know, one of the things I hear from, and, and, and Mike McDaniel's incredibly intelligent, by the way. I've, I've had the opportunity to be around him. One of the things I always hear from coaches, and I'm sure you remember this as, as a player, is they always talk about providing answers for the quarterback. Um, you know, whatever the coverage may be, whatever the route concept is, and I'm wondering if that's just sort of the next step that they have to better get to. Mike McDaniels knows this, Tua knows this. It's not I'm not I'm not presenting some philosophy here that no one's thought of. This is the way coaches think. Um, but I think just in terms of execution of executing that, that's wh- where they have to get to because defenses are going to do a better job the more they see this offense of taking away first window throws. Now they'll still be there. They do a great job. They hit one last week for a touchdown against uh, the Raiders. Um, to, to hell, it was beautiful, and it just looks so pretty. But they need. There's going to be a case where they need answers from the pocket. Let's talk Pittsburgh against Cincinnati, Greg. And I think the big one there is the Steelers moving on from yeah. Matt Canada. And your thoughts on that, and and maybe what you expect that they'll do more of or differently. Yeah, it was a tough offense to watch. You know, I never advocate coaches getting fired. I, I know how hard they work. I know what I do, so I know what they do. Uh, so I'm not an advocate. You know, that's easy to do to say a coach should be fired. You have to be there every day. I can only tell you what I see on tape. And it was really not a very good pass game in terms of the concepts, in terms of giving Kenny Pickett answers. Um, uh, they, they, they didn't really have a lot of great route combinations. They, the spacing wasn't very good. I mean, there were a lot of things that made this a difficult pass game to execute for a quarterback. Um, I'm not sure what Kenny Pickett is right now. I really liked him coming out. I think he can be a quality quarterback. Obviously, it's easy to put blame on him. There are some things he needs to get much better at to be a solid NFL starter. Um, so we'll see where they go. But we'll see with this pass game now if it just expands a little bit um, and, and gives him better opportunities to throw to his primary read, to define the reads and the throws better so the ball can come out on time. That, that was a big struggle for them, and some of it was on picket, some of it was on the fact that the throws, the concepts were just not there and not clean. Let's talk Jaguars-Texans. I'm excited for this one. I was caught a off guard game. a How bit. about that? How about yeah. Week 12, the Jaguars-Texans being one of the biggest games on the schedule? It is, and, and I was a little bit taken aback yesterday, Greg. Um, on the Dan Patrick Show, Dan said, who would I rather have for the rest of their careers – Trevor Lawrence and or C.J. Stroud, and I just thought about the two and a half years of Lawrence versus the half year of Stroud, and I I went with Stroud, Greg. I mean, it's a tough question to answer, but I, I kind of got to go why, with what Stroud's done. I know it's a limited sample size, but I, I went with Stroud. What are you going to watch for in this game? Yeah, I mean, that's I, I don't think I'm ready to answer that question. It's a definitive answer, uh, although I love Stroud, and I think what he's shown – through his early career has been better than what Lawrence has shown through the early part of his career uh, in the subtleties and details and nuances of playing the position. But, you know, and, and that's that's why I'm, I'm, I can't stand when, when people start with this guy's generational, Trevor, which is not Trevor Lawrence's fault. Well, now we're going to get that with Caleb Williams. He's generational. Let's see him play in the National Football League before we decide that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Lawrence has been a little up and down this year. Um, but I think his when he looks good, he looks really good. His arm looks stronger, livelier. Um, Ridley is really good. Ridley is such a good route runner. He is so much fun to watch. Uh, but Stroud, 
you know, that offense has been really, really good um, in terms of the past game. And look, for two weeks now, Devin Singletary has given them a big run game. And I know you'll appreciate this. Whenever I watch their tape, which is every week, um, I just look at Laramie Tunsil. I mean, he looks like a man playing against ninth graders when he's blocking these edge rushers, Ross. It is, I, you know, Trent Williams and, and Tunsil, to me, it's just amazing watching those two guys. And believe me, I'm no offensive line guru with every single detail of the position, but those guys are so much fun to watch. Hey, let's talk uh, Bills Eagles. Uh, it's the featured game Sunday yeah. at four twenty-five p.m. Eastern time. Interesting stuff going on with both these teams. The Bills put up thirty-two in Joe Brady's first game as offensive coordinator. Yeah, I would say this. I would say the first thing that stood out to me putting on that tape was was uh, more extensive use of motion, uh, and we'll see if that continues. Um, the other thing that stood out to me, and it could have been just the nature of the game, the fact that they were playing an opponent that you know, wasn't going to score, but they ran the ball with a little more volume and I thought a little more commitment. Um, whether that happens this week, that would be very dependent on the game flow because they're obviously going to be playing an Eagles offense that will likely score because the Bills' defense is they're having issues. Just There's so many injuries, it's, it's hard for them to really play at a high, high level. Um, the other thing I'd like to see from the Bills, and I, I, I'm sure they'll work toward this now with Joe Brady, is sort of better uh, synchronicity or synergy between the run game and the play-action pass game. I think that's their next step. Because what you're trying to do, look, Josh Allen, can, we all know what he can do, okay? But what you're trying to get him to be better at is to play with more precision from the pocket so that he can drop back and throw to his primary read. Because Josh Allen has a tendency, even at this point in his career, if he doesn't feel that primary is there, he is going to leave the pocket too often and prematurely. And yes, can he make unbelievable plays doing that? Sure, but you can't live like that. So you need to to work your pass game with the concepts and the principles so that he feels comfortable hitting that back step and, and knowing, hey, I have a thrown now. Last game I wanted to ask you about, Greg, is is the Monday Nighter, and it's the Vikings and the Bears. Yeah. And pr- primarily because I, I thought F- Fields looked good. I thought Fields did some really positive things against the Lions. Yeah, I mean, Fields, look, they ran him a ton with design runs. Um, the larger question people will ask, is that sustainable? He had 18 runs in the game. Not everyone was designed, but a, a high percentage were. Um, he made a couple of good throws. I mean, he still has to. He still needs significant work if you're talking about progression reading. But he's he's made some really good throws. Um, so we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, I, I don't know how you feel. I don't know if you can run your quarterback 18 times every week. That that maybe I'm old school in that regard. I don't know if you can really do that. We'll see. But I mean, it's clear that that's what they want to do. They want to run the ball with Justin Fields as a in the design quarterback run game as a foundation of their offense. Yeah, well, you definitely can't do it 18 times every week, that's for sure. Greg, you're the man. Really appreciate you doing this on Thanksgiving, as always. Have a great holiday with your family. Thank you so much. You too, Russ. Enjoy the game tomorrow. We'll do this on Thanksgiving, but pretty much any day, other day, order on DoorDash. Halftime of the game, ordering time. Two-minute warning, you got it. That's your cue to order in. Get everything you want delivered while you root for your squad. That means burgers, fries, drinks, you name it. And if you have a Dash Pass membership, you can get the new Wendy's loaded nacho cheeseburger delivered. Yep, right now. 
The loaded nacho cheeseburger is exclusively available with DashPass at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time. Tux takes. All right, Ross. Fourth round pick defensive lineman Dylan Horton is taking an indefinite leave from the Texans with a personal health issue. Yeah, never, never know what that is. Never sounds real good if someone has to take a leave with a health issue during the season, uh, any day, but especially on Thanksgiving. Thinking about Dylan and his family and hope everything uh, goes okay. And we got some roster moves. Niners sign offensive lineman Ben Barch off the Jaguars practice squad. Rams designate Kyron Williams to return from the injured reserve. And the Packers sign running back James Robinson to the active roster. It's interesting because the Niners lost their safety, Talanoa Hofunga, and instead they signed Barch, an O-lineman. James Robinson's the former Jag. That doesn't speak well of uh, Aaron Jones today if they're signing James Robinson the active roster. And then Kyron Williams really seems like uh, Sean McVay loves him. So probably use him a lot once he's back in the lineup. You know, before we get to the games, Jack, I'm just going to do my Labatt take of the week right now. It's presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine Canadian Pilsner. Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA. Buffalo, New York. I really just want to encourage everyone to enjoy every second of today and Thanksgiving. You know, I'm in a hotel room in Nebraska. I can't remember the last time I was home for Thanksgiving, maybe eight or nine years. And let me be, let me be really clear. This is my choice. I love my jobs. I love my life. I love that I get to call an awesome football game tomorrow. But I miss being with my family on Thanksgiving. So all I'm saying is just um, get one little extra squeeze in of a hug. Be a little bit more present with your family. Have one more bite of food. Have one more beer. Whatever it is, just make sure you soak it up and enjoy every second of it. Because there are people like me that don't get a chance to experience Thanksgiving holiday anymore. All right, Ross. We've got three games today. Let's get your picks for each. But first, a stat for you to consider for the Lions. Since the AFL-NFL merger, the Lions are 0-12 on Thanksgiving when the moon is in a waxing gibbous phase. Today is a waxing gibbous, just so you're aware. So this is why people need to watch on YouTube because Jack is so proud of himself. He's like giddy. He's like bouncing in his seat. Couldn't wait to say that. Uh, Jack, you're the best, man. I, I, I love youthful enthusiasm. Big fan of it. Anyway, the Lions to win the game. Honestly, as much as anything, I'm just hoping that the Packers can keep it close and competitive with their young guys, make it an enjoyable, fun game to watch. I guess I would say Detroit 24, Green Bay 17, something like that. Next one we've got is the Commanders and the Cowboys, game you know well. I do know very well. Let's go Let's go, Cowboys to win the game. I, I, same thing I just said about the Lions, really. I mean, I, I think the young quarterbacks, Jordan Love and Sam Howell, can keep these games competitive. I'm hoping that they do, maybe. I, I like watching competitive games. I'll say Dallas wins, but I think it's like 27-17, 27-20, something like that. Lastly, we got the Seahawks and the Niners. I think Geno Smith will play. I just don't think the Seahawks are playing that well right now, whereas the Niners feel like they're on fire. I actually think there's the potential that this game gets away from Seattle. Hopefully that's not the case. I'll say the 49ers win the game 23-16. Other than that, 
Have a great holiday, everybody. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out to MyFrontPageStory.com. It is the best gift you can get anybody. Do not go out and go shopping tomorrow on Black Friday. Just go to MyFrontPageStory.com. BackOfficeScheduler.com, Go-Bangles.com, SteakhouseSports.com, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sportaculture, and Pizza Boy Brewing.